Namaste and welcome to episode 4 of the mental health series of podcasts on Hindu parenting. In the first 3 episodes, we have seen the complicated world of today's teenagers and had a peek into the world of the 20-somethings. We also spoke to a parent who helped us analyze the world of a preteen. We continue today with an esteemed guest, accomplished child psychiatrist Dr. Raghavendra. Namaskara, Doctor. Namaskara, Shalini Ji and Vekha Ji. Thank you for inviting me on this uh, podcast. It's a honor to be along with you. Thank you, Dr. Raghavendra. I'd like to begin with a common point of confusion among people. Uh, regarding the difference between psychiatry psychotherapy and psychology uh, this is important for parents who want help for their children uh, to know the first step in treating any mental health issue who do they initially go to you brought up a very important question even sometimes now even some uh, some of my doctor friends have these doubts uh, so that's a that's a very good opening question i would say psychiatry psyche means mind and iatri means uh, treatment as in a medication treatment iatri so um, the person who gives medications for mental health conditions is called a psychiatrist and psychology psychologist so psychology logic means study so one who studies the mind is a psychologist and in that again there is a clinical psychologist and a regular uh, psychologist who is just an academic psychologist the clinical psychologist is the one who sees uh, uh patients and who sees uh, people who are mentally ill and helps them out and uh, when you say psychologist no uh, psychology and psychiatrist they have a lot of overlap in terms of therapy whatever therapies we do like uh, cognitive behavior therapy or any other therapy for that matter uh, both of us are uh, skilled and experts in doing that um psychologist is not licensed to give a medication because mbbs uh, mbbs stream uh, psychiatrists are from mbbs stream and uh, psychologists can be from any other stream like uh, science or arts stream they're not from a medical stream so to say. i hope okay, it clarifies so- Yes, yes, indeed it does. So, would you say that the first point of contact would be a doctor, a psychiatrist, and uh, you would then refer uh, the child to uh, maybe a psychologist or a therapist? See, it all depends on because the the number of psychiatrists and mental health professionals, for that matter, per pop per uh, this thing uh, unit area or like. the uh, ratio of patient to doctors patient to psychiatrist is in, in india is very different okay so and seeking mental health services itself is a stigma so whomever they can meet like any qualified professional be it a social worker or a psychologist or a psychiatrist if they meet it would be good meeting as soon as possible and technically when you see usually what happens the number of psychiatrists are far less when compared to psychologists so that way usually psychologists are the first point of contact in many cases but in city and all there are several uh, people who uh, want to search want to meet a psychiatrist directly and they come so uh, it so in to sum it up see um, the first thing is they should not search for anyone like uh, you should meet a psychiatrist or a psychologist they, they should seek help in the first place as soon as possible and okay. any nearest and in a city there will be medical colleges which has all the like 
it has a psychologist a psychiatrist so it's easier but in a say a town where there is only a very there are only very few psychiatrists then meeting one might be a bit difficult and waiting time also might be uh, adding on so meeting a psychologist also will help and they, when they realize that they might not be able to handle this case in term, because it needs medications it needs uh, much more deeper help then they will refer to the appropriate person okay yeah so you are a child psychiatrist right so what is the yeah. general age group of the patients that you see indeed say 0 to 18 like uh, newborns or infants till 18 and sometimes i see uh, kids up to 25 also and logically because they would have been seeing me for uh, quite a long time and uh, just because they are 18 it's it's not a right thing to move them over to somebody else because i know them uh, thoroughly their difficulties yeah. and how to help yeah. so sometimes i follow it up to 25 also but usually like okay. uh, when they come to seek help 0 to 80 um i'm trained to see adults also because i'm a psychiatrist and then super specialized into child psychiatry okay but for the sake of uh, convenience i uh, keep myself restricted to children 0 to 18 okay okay, okay. so okay. among children what are some of the common conditions that you encounter see um maybe we can categorize it as as it as a three groups maybe like it's easier that way it's convenient 0 to 5 okay. or 0 to 6 what is the one group uh, is the first group and uh, 6 to 12 and then 12 to 13 uh, 6 to 13 maybe and 13 to 13 and above so that that can give three groups so what we call mm-hmm. is uh, preschool years and uh, middle child middle childhood and the adolescence so Uh, even uh, some some studies say adolescence lasts till 2025 also so i'm using a br- bigger term but maybe you can call emerging adulthood or uh, young adults or young people that is a better term young people so yeah in the preschool that is 0 to 6 category the commonest will be developmental issues um, like say mm-hmm. uh, speech delay and uh, even language delays communication delays and hyperactivity and uh, even sleep difficulties and uh, in addition to that there will be some anxieties like separation anxiety so those kind of issues um when it comes and yeah uh, even um, school readiness that is one thing which like many kids will have speech delay and obviously speech delay is known to have a sequelae of uh, uh, academic difficulties so in it kind of merges imperceptibly into the uh, middle childhood where uh, children will develop academic difficulties and then because of that anxiety anxiety depression and uh, say uh, bullying so there are the commonest are basically emotional disorders in the middle childhood so emotional disorders when i say it's more of anxiety depression and uh, certain worries certain uh, fears so these kind of things i deal commonly deal and when it comes to um the 13 plus age group uh, it's most commonly the behavioral issues also behave when i say behavioral issues uh, it doesn't have to be uh, just because the child is oppositional okay we'll come to that later on maybe um see more of uh, 
even in uh, the age group 13 and plus it's more of anxiety depression and sometimes sometimes uh, self harm suicidality poor academic performance leading to certain issues so these are the commonest anxiety and depression are the commonest which i see uh, in the 6 6 to 18 so this uh, infant to 6 years old uh, normally what do you think are the reasons for uh, speech delay or you know their uh, developmental uh, milestones are delayed so as a psychiatrist what do you think are the reasons for uh, such things see uh, i would say it's multifactorial in many cases um, especially in the pandemic no i'm seeing a huge uh, I, i can even say it's a uh, deluge a burst of cases of uh, delays and many of these are environmental because they did not get the adequate stimulation which they were supposed to get during the pandemic they were see it's a 3 year old child uh, uh-huh. uh, in a way um, held held captive i mean in a very loose sense was uh, restricted between the, in the four walls of the house uh, for 2 years uh-huh. so like almost 60% of his life his or her life yeah. he, uh, the child has spent in um, a secluded environment without uh, without any stimulation so obviously right. there will be a developmental delay isn't it children learn things by interacting with their environment right mm-hmm. so then the delay will set in this is one of the huge factors which i am seeing now at least two or three cases in a day i see this uh, this kind of thing. in addition to that there will be several genetic conditions but uh, a bit less not very common like down syndrome or maybe uh, turner syndrome or those kind of conditions also do exist um, and many times some children are vulnerable like they will have some subtle problems like a preterm child um, and uh, say single parent um, or the mother passed away because i mean even in infancy the mother passed away and they were the caretakers uh, who were who were not well equipped to handle the child so then these kind uh, then they develop delays so the, it's i would say it's a interaction between the environment and the child's own genetic makeup also it's always and nature and nurture together sure sure yeah okay Go so uh, so doctor uh, you said you're seeing these problems uh, how do these conditions manifest initially among the children whichever you whichever group you uh, you speak about you know it could be any of the three groups so how do they initially manifest see it's very easy to pick up motor developmental delay the first thing the parent sees by age 1 is the child walking if the child doesn't walk then the, there is a red flag and then they try to seek help but the same does not happen with speech delay so it's like uh, they will tell ah, your uncle's son also had this thing and your uncle had had this had this speech delay as a child so some the, i see some parents they leave their child uh, they they don't kind of they tend to uh, ignore the developmental delay for at least for a couple, for a year or so sometimes they wait for two two and a half years for speech to develop by that time mm-hmm. a very good uh, time would have passed they would have it's a lead time i would say and they would have lost on that because starting early intervention is the best way to go about it so okay. uh, to, in short see the first thing is I, for a developmental child it's very easy you just have to track the developmental milestones and then 
when the developmental milestones uh, like there is a lag or there is no catch up or there is a loss of acquired milestone like say some children by age 1 and 1/2 they were they, they were speaking interacting well and suddenly they lost their milestones then that's mm-hmm. the biggest uh, red flag i would say um, mm-hmm. any loss of acquired milestone or uh, delay in acquiring a milestone these are the two commonest things which we see um, in 0 to 6 age see traditional more- wisdom says that um, you know for a girl the girl usually starts to speak little after one year after the first birthday and the, and boys generally take a little longer so uh, perhaps that could be one reason why parents let it go also is there any truth to to this traditional wisdom see uh, there is a, see usually and you brought up a very important thing very good thing actually uh, and there is a, a lot of uh, discussion on these things. in in general the general consensus is girls are a bit fast in their milestones but that need not be the case i have seen several boys who are very fast in their milestones also but uh, a popular consensus uh, among the general uh, late lady the common man is that uh, girls speak faster and um, then they try to normalize a delay which a boy has say ha huh, boys will have delay boys uh, they will speak a bit late don't exactly. worry it will be fine yeah, uh, then they try to normalize it but that may not that should not be the right attitude just because it's a boy and there is a delay you should not normalize that that is what i would say at least one consultation one proper consultation with a developmental pediatrician or a child psychiatrist is warranted in that case the moment you find some difficulty like see i saw a case recently uh, where in during the ninth month itself the the parents had noted that the child would not look into the camera when they were clicking pics okay and okay, okay. they somehow try to convince themselves okay it's fine it's fine it's fine and then by they and they presented for the first time at age 2 and a half okay okay and so much of time lost isn't it it's almost like 1 uh, and a half year lost mm. isn't it 2 and a half it's more than that almost 2 years lost so sometimes so many times many times i see that this kind of things happen even in a urban and a educated populace because there is lack of awareness how to deal with this. so meeting a so what was the issue with that child um speech delay speech delay and speech uh, delay communication okay, okay. yeah speech okay. and communication delay okay like maintaining eye contact and uh, pointing responding to name call so those delays okay. also were there in that right so and this is common this is not just uh, i mean i see several such cases this is just one example <laughs> there are several such things they, they will notice some delay and some person who is very observant flags it up but then there some, somehow uh, the there is a slip between the cup and the lid uh, so mm-hmm. then finally they don't seek help for a good deal of time so that should and, not happen and what you're mentioning here is actually the early uh, stages of a child's life the developmental milestones which are easier to spot in a way isn't it doctor but when yes, you yes, come to the you know early teens 10 plus and mm-hmm. and uh, they start to have any mental health issues or the beginnings so how do the conditions manifest among that age group because i would think they have met their developmental milestones and uh, so what is it that parents need to watch for how do these children manifest things differently that's a very uh, pertinent question see 
um kids you you, you made a very nice uh, phrase in very good manner in uh, 0 to 6 age group usually there is presence or absence of a milestone or delay in milestone which is very clear but here in uh, kids like see kids it's natural for kids to get scared of animals like dogs or cats so where do we draw the line which is which is pathological which is normal so that is where the parents get confused um and then the awareness about mental health is especially child mental health is also far limited so then they tend to say uh, it's fine and they basically see human mind tries to rationalize whatever we find uh, something worrisome so they say it will it's fine even i had this as a child or something like that so those kind of things sometimes might not be a good attitude towards uh, difficulties okay so first thing so then second thing is see uh, say a, a child becomes more withdrawn gets more angry and gets more upset uh, than often and uh has stopped showing interest in previously good uh, interest interesting activities or avoids a lot and uh, see usually in kids no other than using see it's like in adults who are depressed or anxious they will not want to do anything but in kids no they will they still want to do things which are pleasant to them so they might get hooked on to tv mobile and they don't want to uh, go to studies then the parents start telling that oh this fellow uh, this this girl uh this boy has uh, uh become lazy and he doesn't want to do studies and he just wants to watch mobile so okay. this kind of sudden change in the behaviors which can which is long lasting and uh, which is kind of uh, dysfunctional like say the child is refusing to go to school uh, or getting very angry when you have to do make him do academics make her do academics so those kind of uh, things are the first signs and uh, seeking help with any nearby professional uh, is very helpful in this situation i hope i was clear oh, yeah yeah certainly so um, what could be the reasons for these uh, sudden changes of uh, for the children between the ages of 6 to 18 uh, what could be some of the reasons they might be slightly different for the younger children compared to the older children but there must be some underlying reasons no why why these changes occur so can you throw some light on that see um usually what happens no it's a multifactorial thing like i said again it's always uh, there was a, previously there was a debate is it nature or is it nurture so there was they used to say nature versus nurture nature right. is the innate nature but now it is nature and nurture it is very and i would also always vote for nature and nurture together like see and okay. tell uh, a, a child which is always which is which has been shy and uh, uh, a bit um, sober by nature there are some kids who are they are doing fine they are fine but they are a bit shy and withdrawn uh, they take some time to warm up to new people these kids when the kid is uh, put to school and then maybe in the school the child is scolded or say the child loses a parent or a grandparent or the child develops some academic difficulties so then these kids uh, develop it's, it's like the, the event the environmental event unmasks the vulnerability in the child i would say like see i have seen one child i mean i seen few kids like this where the neighboring kid in the class the neighboring kid was scolded for some other reason and this these kids they they stopped eating their lunch um, or they stopped um, um using uh, the washroom 
they stopped seeking permission to go to the washroom and stopped started because they could not hold the urine for long and they started uh, peeing in their pants so mm-hmm. just because the previous the neighboring kid was scolded that you should not uh, ask for bathroom breaks repeated okay so it it happens okay. like this i have seen uh, quite a few cases like this so uh, in one in one situation no uh, there was a child which could not um, open his lunch box and um, the child did not ask anyone did not ask the teacher okay. it came, the child used to come without eating from school oh, no. because they did not okay. could not ask the teacher uh, to get, open his lunch so there are some okay. shy children like that uh, so i mean that is to... shyness so much shyness that couldn't ask for help yes yes shyness definitely can uh, manifest in several manners that is one of the uh, ways uh, shyness can manifest in children okay okay yeah yeah that's that's uh, interesting and also i think uh, sensitive children might be more prone to such disorders because uh, they they react in a very uh, different way that it's hard for adults to actually recognize that and uh, the, you know we we cannot control the environment but how can parents create a strong environment uh, at home at least for a child to minimize the risk of um, you know aggravating mental health conditions what kind of support can parents give that's a wonderful question i would want to differ that environment also can be modified at a to a great extent see like uh, you may not be able to prevent accidents you may not be able to prevent uh, thing but teachers can be sensitive about such children teachers can uh, adult parents can be sensitive so environment also can be modified and made uh, more conducive for kids and uh, when you say how to change uh, in the home environment right um the most important thing of what we tend to see is uh, see it as commonly kids don't have their own thought processes hmm? i have seen kids 2 and 1/2 years old have their own thought processes and they think and then they act and then they have their own rationale for doing that might not be an adult like situation so the point is we need to understand what's going on in the child's mind okay. two 2 and 1/2 year old kids have their own reason why they do certain okay so the most important thing we need to as parents we need to do is think think from the child's point of view like what this is what is this child going through what does this child feel uh, why is this child doing whatever he he or she is doing mm-hmm. say like uh, a child when the mother uh, the child always wants to sleep next to the mother the child always wants to cling to the mother for example a 2 and 1/2 year old child mm-hmm. and then the parents get angry about that and then they shout at the child that may not be the right way they can tell they can try to look at the emotion what is the child feeling what is the child thinking like is the child very is the child getting uh, anxious about separating from the mother or is the child getting anxious like the mother might go to work and the child ref- child might also refuse to go to school okay or a play mm-hmm. school then these situations no rather than being punitive and critical and then judging the child telling that i have seen many parents feel that oh uh, just before just before going to school she is very restless but at home if you leave her then she is very happy playing with mobile and all those mm. then there is a reason mm. behind that the child mm. has a specific given a hint that he doesn't want to go to school that means mm. that there is something in the school which is making the child a bit worried 
okay mm. so and actually recently there are many parents who are very sensitive and very thoughtful about their own because they as children would have gone gone through some trauma or some or otherwise also there some parents are very sensitive so yes. that's very good and the trend is changing now and they bring the children very fast i have seen uh, kids who uh, who come at two and a half years also but that's one fraction majorly what they feel is uh, and the commonest idea no uh, what we have as parents is um give him one tight slap or give him one tight uh, whack on his back then uh, it will be all right that is that was the attitude previously isn't it correct mm. yeah. yeah so that is that thing should be changed that attitude should be changed and kids have their own thought processes and kids will reflect on things okay no matter how uh, underdeveloped it is no matter how uh, the child might be however young even 2 to 1 or 3 years old kid i have seen uh, they think and do certain things then they they have a reason why they do certain okay so mm-hmm. that is the first thing think from the child's point of what is the child going through and what is the child feeling that, that is the bottom line yeah okay okay so uh, when when uh, uh, you mentioned that parents should watch for any sudden changes in behavior uh, among uh, kids who are say 10 plus and that could be one of the first signs that there is some problem somewhere uh, so mm-hmm. so how long would you advise uh, parents to generally wait and watch because sometimes the changes could just resolve on their own so how long typically can a parent watch before taking action and taking the child to a specialist a mental health specialist see this is not a the number which i will tell now is not like a certain stone number or anything but at least see if you see there is a delay in, if there is some difficulty which is lasting for more than a couple of weeks please seek help that is the biggest message i would say uh, okay. don't wait for months together uh, don't please don't wait for months together because that will create lot of trauma in the child and that the child would have gone through lot of uh, difficulties which they cannot express okay and that creates lot more worries for the child and many kids know that they have a feeling that they are responsible for their they are responsible for what they are going through and they are um, kind of uh, doing it on purpose they sometimes feel that so the more you delay that the delay seeking help the more the child will get stuck in that feeling okay so uh, are there any symptoms in particular that you can sort of give uh, given advance sort of uh, you know thing to watch out for specific symptoms that uh, you see, think uh, it's a bit uh, it's very dynamic because you are asking for see it's not like an adult uh, where symptoms are almost the same in all the age groups like 30 years 40 uh-huh. years 50 years the age symptoms okay. are almost the same uh, like okay. say 0 to 18 a 2 year old child anxiety in a 2 to 1 half year old child is normal but anxiety in a 12 year old child has to be evaluated so it's like a developing child is very dynamic so every day the child changes we might not notice those changes but i have seen it in front of my own eyes that a child changes very dynamic it's it, it, the child whatever it is today is not the same after 2 months or 3 months height weight thought process everything would have changed uh, so uh it's a bit difficult to give a broadband suggestion like that but see bottom mm-hmm. the bottom line is um if a child which was doing all its activities previously was functioning well you find anything difficult anything different in its functioning anything uh, deviant from its normal functioning like say suddenly started refusing to go to school 
or suddenly want some help to use the washroom like say uh, is scared of going to the washroom in the dark alone um mm-hmm. or uh, refusing to do homework uh, at night so or in the evenings when when they come back from school so those kind of situations you have to see what went wrong and talk to the child a patient hearing up and children will have their own ways to tell it they will tell it the more, the more you speak to them the more they will start telling all this Mm, so, okay initially they might feel a bit reluctant reticent but they will uh, talk about all these things eventually yeah okay okay so uh, could you throw some light on the timeline of treatment doctor uh, typically how long um, i mean i know it differs from case to case but uh, just for the information of parents many parents might be very anxious about visiting a mental health professional first of all and uh, they also get very uh, concerned about uh, medication and things like that and it might it might help them to know that there is a timeline to treatment and that it's not going to be a lifelong uh, intervention for the child so any uh, uh, please explain about uh, these things yeah yeah very valid question especially because i'm a psychiatrist uh, that holds more uh, credence so see first thing is um, i would want to share one uh, anecdote with my friend uh, one of my psychologist friends she, she was telling that people are far more scared when uh, when they come to a psychiatrist or a psychologist they are not as scared when they go to a oncologist also is what they were telling so <laughs> definitely parents mm-hmm. have a lot mm-hmm. of fears about meeting a mental health uh, professional uh, all mm-hmm. the more and many times they go to a neurologist or others uh, neurosurgeon thinking it's uh, more acceptable uh, anyways mm. that's a different thing altogether but the point is um, as much as possible no the medications are usually used in a limited manner and very sparingly okay so you say it's a mild illness uh, then medications can be completely done away with you don't have to give medications at all but sometimes uh, you leave it for longer that's why i said seek help as soon as possible so when okay. you leave it for longer you see it's simple when you leave a open wound when you leave a fracture for long obviously the treatment will have to be for that, uh, that much longer duration isn't it it's as simple as mm. that it's, yes. this is no different so an anxiety which is there only for two weeks uh, is far easily treatable when compared to an anxiety which has been there for two years mm. isn't it so obviously so the sooner you seek help the lesser the uh, duration of treatment and therapy therapy is the mainstay in kids like especially under 5 kids uh, or like up till 7 8 years old therapy is a mainstay and the, when it comes to medications no they are definitely not for life long it's just for like a prescribed period of month, like say 3 months 6 months depending on the duration and the severity of the illness uh, obviously in some severe conditions we may have to use it for much longer like say, say a couple of years also but there are several kids whom i have taken off medications and parents had the same doubts when they came they used to uh, they had hundreds of doubts about medication and sometimes like they they say uh, will my child be able to bear children when the child is uh, 20 years old when they become an adult can they have uh, procreation they will have all, all sorts of worries uh, sometimes okay. very uh, uh, right. unfounded but i i i do respect that because the myth propagated about psychiatric medications is such so with all due respects uh, it is kind of understandable and mm. the longer shot of it is 
the sooner you seek help the, so- the lesser the medication will be given plus uh, the faster the recovery okay so uh, uh, have you noticed that there is an increase in mental health conditions uh, among children in the last few years and also if so are there uh, any differences in the kind of disorders that you see among boys and girls yeah um definitely uh, there is a surge i would say see it's a rough figure don't quote me on any of, on this figure but sure, i am sure. seeing at least a twice or thrice after the pandemic uh, the twice or thrice uh, increase in the burden maybe it is because of the help seeking behavior or maybe there is a real increase I, it's difficult to uh, an epidemiological study a population based study has to be done uh, but okay. definitely uh, post pandemic there is a huge outpouring i used to tell my friends uh, my intensivist and my emergency medicine and other friends that uh, you people were burdened during uh, uh, pandemic and now mm-hmm. we are burdened mental health professionals uh, okay uh, there is a huge outburst of cases happening and the commonest is see usually in uh, boys uh, when you say boys and girls no their their nature their genetic makeup or their uh, constitutional makeup uh boys are more prone for developmental delays and boys are more prone for uh, conditions like adhd um okay. and girls uh, are more prone for emotional disorders uh, in a rough sense but um, it's again uh, it need not be a strict hard and fast rule but uh, more or less it's like this if you ask what is the commonest problem in a girl i would say it's more of an emotional problem especially in the middle childhood it's uh, that okay okay yeah. so why do you uh, think covid has been such a disruptor what has changed i mean of course one obvious reason is the um, being within the four walls apart from that definitely see uh, after pandemic um, say for the biggest thing was um, i would i categorize it as like this like what was not supposed to happen has happened and what was mm. supposed to happen has not happened so it's like that the error of omission and commission in that in a simple sense so the error of omission uh, was not going out and not interacting with anyone not having the appropriate developmental experiences which a child was supposed to have going to school interacting with friends mm. making some mistakes learning from that interacting with teachers all those that, that did not happen and the on the contrary the thing which was not supposed was gadget prolonged gadget exposure and it was inevitable because the how the, the entire household like father mother most of the cases both parents were working so and uh, they were also on their gadgets because they were always on, and see again like i said no error of omission and error of commission so when using gadgets for prolonged time in a young child definitely it's it steals away the time and everybody has only 24 hours in a day isn't it so it steals away the time which the child has to dedicate to other other productive activities other uh, very developmentally appropriate activities plus um, unfortunately they were forced to use uh, gadgets because they had no choice the school was in in the gadget isn't it so and right. then they get they they got they should get see like even we get distracted when you when we are using the phone isn't it like say we take a phone to call someone suddenly we go off to whatsapp and we don't realize what are we doing isn't it why did Correct. we take the phone and it happens yeah, to yeah. us isn't it yeah i i, yes. I can say it happens to me also it happens to all of us 
So when grown-ups, we have this, that, that is somewhat like an attention deficit, isn't it? So yeah, absolutely. then when grown-ups have this difficulty, obviously little kids are still learning. Obviously they get distracted, they get bombarded. And see, most of these sites, they will want their advertisement, everything to happen. They will not select you, right? They will not, uh, they will, it's like a bombarding. So there will be some advertisement, some alert coming up, something. So obviously ch- children will get more distracted. So, and all the more kids who are, uh, who have ADHD, they have a tendency to get hooked onto gadgets. So it gets even more distracting for them. It gets even more troublesome. So that was one thing. And again, like I said, no, depriving them of the regular experiences outside of their home was one very big thing. So these two things. And uh, exposing, getting exposed to uh, prolonged uh, internet use uh, and inappropriate many times. And um, I have seen kids who have uh, suddenly something which is semi-nude pops up on their screen because of some advertisement, which, they, which nobody knows why. And suddenly mm-hmm. the kids get scared. And then they land up in anxiety. I've seen those kids also. Uh, it happens, right? Something suddenly pops up on your screen, which you don't know. It's a spam. Or one, one common thing I've seen, no? Younger kids, most most parents the give the phone these days to the kids and they're watching that YouTube for kids. Okay. Parents make sure that YouTube for kids is being watched. Uh, to that point, it's okay. But what you see from the kids, no, I've seen the kids, they don't even watch even one video completely. 10 seconds, 20 seconds, then they skip to the next, then they skip to the next. So they aren't even watching a whole video completely, you know. So what is that? And this is across children, I see this. So why is that happening? In adults as well. I would say in adults. It's across people, across all age groups, I would say. See, it's as simple as that. There is so much content to devour. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you an example. I'll see, say you, I'll take you to a hotel which has hundreds of dishes ready to be served and it's very attractive. Okay, and every dish is competing and gain, trying to gain your attention. What will you do? Obviously, the self-regulation becomes less now. You will t- take this dish and then suddenly, then you will realize, okay, no, no, I'll take the next one. I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one. Isn't it? It's as simple analogy as isn't it? And there are, and every video, everybody will tell, please like, please share, and please subscribe. Yeah. Isn't it? Everybody wants, and every app, everybody, every company wants their app on your phone. Everybody wants, uh, and everybody will track you. Every, wherever you went, they will track for no reason. For no reason, they want to track your location. So all those things, you know, there is a lot which is happening on the internet. And obviously, little kids are very vulnerable. They don't understand all this. Isn't it? When mm. we adults only, we don't understand many of these things. Um, little kids, you can't expect them to understand. So that is where, so then they become too distracted, isn't it? So there, mm-hmm. uh, there are so many suggestions coming up. You want to stop and uh, uh, start studying, but then YouTube will show you might want to watch this video. Obviously, you will get distracted, isn't it? Because e- reading is not as easy as watching a video. That is true. Isn't it? Yeah. Study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, mind will tend to drift towards which is a lot more easier and a lot more pleasurable. So that is very common and it, it's not it cutting across all age groups, I would say. Uh, definitely, okay. even adults, it happens, no? We, we, yes. when, okay. when we come back from work, we are tired, we just take the phone out and then we realize, it's, oh my God, one, year, one hour has come, gone and we just were on Facebook, isn't it? 
yes that yes. is when when and especially because see facebook and google and youtube they have engines which suggest which tailor the content for you so yeah that's true. like say whatever uh, spectrum you belong to whatever uh, ideology whatever uh, beliefs whatever things you have it will tailor contents for you based on your likes past likes and those things. so obviously it will make you make it more engrossing for anybody isn't it so do you see so maybe media as um, no, i was just wondering do you see media as always harmful or uh, you know have there been some good things also with media use for 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 children there is definitely a lot of you see it's like a knife i'll say a knife can be used to murder someone and can also be used to do lot of creative uh, activities and can also uh, and creative and productive like uh, cooking cutting other things obviously it all depends on the person using it right and a young child will not have developed the regulation faculties self regulation faculties atmanigraha so to say so obviously the first thing will you give a knife to your child without observing without attending without uh, monitoring him or her nobody will do that isn't it then why yeah. should we do it with a gadget mm. so it needs a lot of monitoring and uh, and the child should be aware that they are being monitored it's not like we'll do something uh, behind their back or something a child is told this is what it is i'll be doing this because there is some something which might be harmful to you and uh, i know it a little bit better than you so that is where so see it's always i will say any situation no beat a car beat a bike anything anything which 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 is made which is developed to make our life easier can always uh, backfire okay so it always depends boils down to us like uh, in uh, bhagavad gita shri krishna says atmanaiva atmano bandhur atmaiva rikuratmanah bandhur atma atmanastasya then the last line i don't remember properly but basically we are our own enemies and we are our own friends so the point is uh, we need to understand we need to develop that faculty in children to observe themselves what am i doing why am i doing this and then try to give them these gadgets also so that is when uh, kids will be more successfully able. and this is a 5g generation right kids born in this era 5g uh, generation kids gadgets will be a part of their life whether they want it or not they they have to live with the technology so that's true developing a faculty in them is very essential failing which uh, we will have kids see we will have machines which can use uh, which can uh, do several things but we will have yeah, grossly like uh, now several kids who have uh, difficulty leaving their gadgets when they grow up to become 18 it's very difficult for them isn't it so yeah. it's like gadgets will be controlling them and they will not be controlling their their gadgets correct it's as simple as that so we will have a workforce and they will be entering the workforce they will be entering the society where they will have lot of self regulation issues and definitely that's a bit scary isn't it yeah yeah uh, one last thing i'd like to bring up here so when parents bring their children to you um you know what what is the first session like who is more scared the parent or the child and how long does it take for the child to actually start opening up how has the response been from the child and the parent see uh, parents will have their own worries and concerns uh, so and many times i have seen it's easy to win over a child than to convince the parents 
because parents will have their own thought processes and they're grown ups right they will have their own ideas they will have their own a child is a bit uh, neutral and unbiased and it's so then that way we can make them understand like say i'll tell that child you can win over this this years uh, if you take this tablet or if you do this therapy then they will mm-hmm. tell oh yes i'll do that it's as simple as but okay. parents will have other doubts and valid it's very valid it's not invalid or it's not uh, unfounded but i would say it's always uh, very uh, easy to handle children and uh, make them understand um, it's not that parents are difficult it's not like that but uh, because of the fears because of their fears like see there is a stigma associated with mental health, isn't it and the commonest thing which i see is many parents have an attitude that if if they develop if somebody develops a mental illness it's because of a weakness it's a sign of weakness it's not that's not the case like just because you uh, develop an infection doesn't mean that your immunity is completely weak isn't it despite immunity being strong you still get an infection once or twice right hmm? yeah so yes. like that so it's not uh, so then those attitudes have to change from the parents so some parents with who are strongly of that belief then it's a bit difficult to handle them. but Uh, there are several parents who are very sweet and very nice and they themselves bring the children they themselves bring the children and tell that uh, they don't i don't want my child to uh, go through the difficulties which i went so it's always a mixed bag i would say but uh, in all in all kids are very easy they understand things very soon and we just have to simplify them and tell them uh, simplify the stuff and tell them. okay yeah and finally with the growing focus and the uh, you know movement towards ad- uh, adopting yoga and meditation is that also coming into therapy as a part of the treatment yes of course see i run a center where we have uh, yoga therapist art therapist play therapist uh, speech therapist occupation therapist uh, psychologist so it's like a multidisciplinary center for children we have a neurologist also uh, it's the point is see yoga and meditation have their own role but it cannot it not it is like uh, you just do everything uh, it will treat everything i don't agree with that because see it's as simple as diabetes where yoga will yoga and good lifestyle and meditation might help prevent stress and the side effects of stress like diabetes and hypertension uh, might be controlled or maybe delayed but it is it yoga will not treat diabetes meditation will not treat diabetes meditation will not once you are stressed and you have some difficulty it will not completely change it will definitely add on as a valuable treatment tool and it has to be used selectively say a child with uh, attention deficit if you want the child to sit and meditate a child cannot because of hyperactivity it cannot sit for 2 minutes how will how can you expect the child to meditate for 30 minutes isn't it right. so we have to be a bit uh, balanced and careful and every tool has its own utility in its own place uh, so i don't have any bias or uh, anything about even uh, native remedies or anything but they have to be used in a specific manner and a specific situation it cannot treat everything uh, thank you thank you doctor i think uh, we have exhausted the questions that we had for you if there's anything that you'd like to add please do so do you have any message for our listeners parents see the the most a basic message is try to understand um, we call it the world view okay so try to have a world view of a child when you're dealing with a child no try to think how a child looks at the world 
that way you can understand things far more better and be more empathetic with the child and you can deal him or her better and more effectively and more efficiently so that is what i would say that is the most important don't look at the behavior try to look at the emotion and the thought process in the child thank you doctor so uh, with that uh, we will end this podcast uh, namaste and uh, really we appreciate you spending all this time from obviously a very busy schedule that you keep uh, we are very grateful to you and uh, i'm sh- sure we will be coming back to you again uh, at a future date for uh, more advice and uh, uh, more conversations so thank you very much doctor and to our listeners thank you very much for joining us on this podcast and uh, please do subscribe to our uh, substack uh, we are at hinduparenting.substack.com we are available on all social media uh, on twitter on instagram on telegram on facebook on ku uh we go with the handle hindu parenting uh, on all the platforms so please find us uh, on at these places and uh, please use the form that we have put up in our substack uh, below every post if you have any questions that you'd like us to address so please do write to us and please continue listening namaste and we will join you soon for another podcast thank you thank you namaste. so much for the support namaste, namaste.